Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. It's Tuesday night. It's time for another edition of the Ruckus Podcast brought to you by BadCulture.net. I'm your host, Deandra LaBeouf, joined by Ryan Bivens, the usual crew, in for another Tuesday night of recapping uh, the weekend before in the Sweet Science. We'll talk a little bit about uh, Leo Santa Cruz winning by majority decision over Abner Mares. Shane Mosley defeats Ricardo Mayorga, as we knew he would. Past week, it was uh, Berto Groves Gonzalez Media Workout in LA and you know whatever else is going on in the sweet science. If you want to call in and speak with us, the call in number is 718-508-9852. Love to chat with you, love to talk with you. Once again, as you know, this is our newer you're tuning in or you follow us on social media. This is our new broadcast time. We'll be broadcasting every Tuesday night now um eight at eight o'clock PM. Had to shorten the length of the show because, you know, sometimes you just gotta you know, tailor it down a little bit. So for the foreseeable future, this will now be a 30-minute show. And, you know, hit us up. If it's something you want us to talk about, call us or tweet us or email us, and we'll add it to the agenda. So with that, let me bring in my co-host, Ryan Bivens. Ryan Bivens, what's happening in the fine fighting city of Philly today? Oh, um, not much today. Uh, Jesse Hart, he got a media day tomorrow. His next fight is with um, Aaron Pryor Jr., so that's going to be at the Johan Gym. When's, uh, when's his fight? Uh, let me see. Well, Ryan's looking at us. Um, as those of you know, you know, Jesse Hart, definitely a welcome guest here on the Ruckus, has been with us uh, at least two times before, right? He's been on with us a couple times. You know, rising young prospect, definitely displaying some good talent. So He's Ryan will get a on chance. September 11th, 11th on Friday. That's going to be okay. on for TV. Oh, cool on the uh, on the TR card. Excellent. So make sure uh, you Mike check Reed him out. Mike Reed is also fighting on that card. He's been on the show. Too. Oh, another another fan or resident of the Ruckus podcast. Now both great guests, both very versed in the sweet science. So let's jump right into it. Let's start with uh, Leo Santa Cruz versus Abner Mares. For those of you missed it, of course Leo Santa Cruz versus Abner Mares, a ratings coup for ESPN as we knew it would be. A Mexican against a Mexican. Would you call it a war? I don't know that I'd call it a war, but it was an action-filled fight with um, Santa Cruz emerging victorious. Ryan called it by the decision win. Uh, Ismail Abdusalam and I predicted that Morris would uh, win later, I think, a late-round stoppage. I can't remember what Ismail said. But nonetheless, we predicted wrong. In prediction wars, Ryan Bibbins wins this week. Looking That's at the usual. merits of the fight, like I mentioned, no, 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 not as usual. Not as usual. You just had a nice little you just had a nice little streak the last couple fights. But uh as usual it's a bit far fetched. No, it's usually so, when you both you go know, against me that I have to set you straight. Usually well, you know what? Usually you both are are on opposite I opposite sides of the spectrum and I kinda of straddle the fence a little bit and I wait till the very last minute to make a prediction. But I don't know. I just had this 
overwhelming feeling that Mares was just going to come out like a like a goon and just bully him to death, and that wasn't Well, he tried. Him. He really did try. Did. That's, that's how it looked for the first couple of rounds. And I think I said that, and, you know, during the course of the media week and doing all the media activity here in Los Angeles, I said, you know, he has to come out and be aggressive and try to smother, and people were like, no, he needs to get in there and box. No, he doesn't. He's short. He's got shorter arms. He didn't want to box. He had to smother and bully, which he had some success in the early rounds. But as the fight wore on, Leo Santa Cruz settled into his fight, used that reach advantage, and he just picked him apart, picked him to death, and uh, emerged victorious. You know, a lot of people are trying to act like this fight is the second coming of just like the greatest Mexican, adding it to the, the Mexican legacy of great fights. I don't see it that way. What are your thoughts on how this fight ranks among some of the better Mexican battles that we've seen in the history of boxing? Um, historically, you know, it, it, it doesn't really make an imprint. But uh, this year, you know, it's as good as most of the fights. I mean, I, I put it right there with uh, Matisse and Provodnikov. Right. I don't think it's any. Right. I don't think it's any worse than that. So it was a good fight. Um, PBC is having quite a few good fights this year. Honestly, uh, more than mm-hmm. uh, any uh, you know non-related promoter. So, well, at, at the same time though, they they also have way more fights. They just their stable is so vast. I mean, you got to expect that they you know get lucky. So mm-hmm, this was this mm-hmm. was a good one. Um, I thought Mars fought the fight he could fight, but the problem mm-hmm. was it required too much energy to keep fighting that way. Like he was right. already throwing more punches than he ever thrown. Like he he finished the fight throwing more punches than he's ever thrown in his life, and it still wasn't nearly right. enough. I mean, like he right. he could keep up with Santa Cruz's volume in those first couple of rounds, but even though. You know, he was still throwing a lot. He has slowed down. You know, Santa Cruz is still throwing upwards of 80 punches around. And for, right. for a short guy who, you know, has to work his way inside, to, to keep mm-hmm. up with that volume is just, you know, that's that's a lot of work. Very taxing. You know, he started off at a blistering rate, something in the first round or first few rounds. He was throwing like 86, 89 punches around. That is a lot of arm throwing a lot of stamina, a lot of energy, a lot of keeping, maintaining balance and strength, you know, doing all of that ultimately diminish your, your longevity in the fight. But, you know, he did the best he could. And Santa Cruz, you can see, could struggle a little bit because he wasn't expecting that in the, in the opening rounds, but he made some smart adjustments and he placed Mars where he wanted to place him and settled him into the fight that would, make him successful. Now, with yeah, Santa like, Cruz... Yeah, as soon as Mario started slowing down, like Santa Cruz could create distance because, you know, he has a reach advantage that that, that, that worked out for him. Like, as long as Mars right. was at the end of his jab, you know, Santa Cruz was in control of the fight. Mm-hmm. Now, undoubtedly, I would think without dispute amongst pretty much anyone who watches boxing, Mars is by far the toughest opponent that Santa Cruz has had to date. Now yes. looking at now that Santa Cruz has fought Mares and does this really elevate his stature in the super bantamweight division? Does this prove that he's ready for a? Oh, I'm sorry, featherweight. Does this prove that he is ready for a a Rigondeaux or an <laughs> opponent? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> hey, 
I just got to mention the names that the crap. Uh, you know, I got to mention the names that, uh, you know, the people continually call for. And since you are the, the guru, I have to get your your take on it. Well, well, Rick Dow uh, wants no parts of the 126-pound division, like, at all. He's already a small super bantamweight. I think he can make bantamweight if he wanted to. So, mm-hmm. it's also not without Heyman. Um I mean, I think he should be without Hammond, really. Like, he should have made that move a long time ago. But uh, he's not without Hammond, so the fight's not happening. We've got enough, uh, you know, guys for Santa Cruz to fight already. Got uh, Frampton. He's got mm-hmm. Gary Russell Jr. He's got Lisa Kobe. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are world mm-hmm. champions, you know. So right. they, they, they ain't worried about no rigging out. I mean, Santa Cruz has guys that he can fight that he, he can actually beat, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so they're, looking, they're at the go develop- that looking at the development of Santa Cruz, let's compare Santa Cruz to, say, Gary Russell Jr. It's almost like they took parallel paths where they both were kind of fighting bums, just, well, excuse me, not bums, less than competitive fighters, except the only difference is Santa Cruz won the fight that was supposed to be his toughest opposition as opposed to Gary Russell Jr. when he took the L. Now, how many Uh-oh. more... How many what does Santa what do you think Heyman does with Santa Cruz now? Do we go back to seeing him fight, you know, tomato cans, or do we see him continually step up in his opposition now to kind of put his you know, his handprint on that division? I think he's gonna be off and on, kinda of like uh what's his name? Danny Garcia. You know, have 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 mm-hmm. a tough fight, then have an easy fight, you know, like that. But yeah, but uh, the, the PBCs they don't operate on always giving you tough fight after tough fight after tough fight. They're keeping their guys busy, so they're just not going to do that. They don't want to wear them out. And now, what happens to Abner Mares? You know, I was looking at Abner Mares on Media Day, and you know that taking that L from Johnny Gonzalez really changed him. Now Abner Mares, it's almost like he has that kind of Kodo thing going, a little more brooding. All these tattoos, all of a sudden. Remember, Miguel Cotto was, you know, pretty much, you know, miss, he was Cotto. And then after all those things with Margarito, then he was Mr. Badass with 10,000 tattoos, just all marked up like, like a goon, like a thug. And the same thing kind of is happening to Abner Morris a little bit. He took an L, close fight, but he still took an L. What happens to Abner Morris now? I think she go back to 122. And, um, you know, maybe him and Donair can finally fight. Uh, I know he's the top rank, but I mean, you know, Donair is—he's he's got it through reaching like you know the end of his career, at least from, mm-hmm. from what I gather. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's accomplished a lot. He just doesn't seem to be all that interested anymore. So the the money's there. It's a good money fight. Uh, I don't see why not take it. We know that Abner Morris likes to change his trainers up like 3LW. Do you think he's going to change trainers again now? Who knows? Maybe. Uh, he he definitely needs a better inside game. His, his inside game is too dependent upon holding. And like He's not really great at it. Like He holds you, but he doesn't like... Uh, it doesn't cut off your ability to punch back. Like like Santa Cruz was still able to hit him while he was clinching, so it just was it wasn't effective holding. Like uh, if he wants to learn how to hold, he should go talk to B Hop or something. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. Or we'll or, or Andre we'll Ward. Yeah, he's also really good at it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But we will see what happens with them. But we had the fight. ESPN reports that the the ratings were north of a million viewers. The Staples like Center. Yeah, the Staples Center. Like best best ratings since 1998. That's crazy. That's crazy. And you know what? I believe those ratings. I just believe that those were not inflated ratings because on paper, it's a great fight. Staples Center was crazy. I went to all the media. I couldn't go to the fight itself. I had to, I had another obligation, but I went to all the fight week festivities and people were out in this hot ass LA sun. It was ridiculously hot all week in LA and fans turned out to all the the media, public fan, they really promoted this fight. They really promoted this fight. But, you know, the funny thing about it is another, I'll say, elite media person pointed out to me the absence of local L.A. media in terms of mainstream media, like local news wasn't there presenting themselves. But despite all that, people really turned out for this fight, and well, it was a great one. I question, were the local news stations at the uh, the Bosley Mayorga fight? <laughs> well, you know, mostly Mallorca was on local news. Oh. Leo Santa Cruz and, and Abner Mars weren't on local news, but uh, on our local news station, Shane Mosley was out making the press junket. Yeah, they were out making the press junket. And, you know, we for those of you who've seen the Mosley fight, you can see what that crowd looked like, but the power of that Mosley name, he, you know, yeah, called Mosley, in his, still got his that political name. capital. Yeah, he's still Shane Mosley, whether this whole fight promotion was looking like a farce and crazy or not, he's still Shane Mosley and people answer his phone calls. With that, you know, that's a great segue into talking about Shane Mosley versus Ricardo Mayorga. We'll we'll start with the undercard. I just got finished watching uh, Maureen Shea, who was a very good undercard. Maureen Shea and um, Avila, Yulahan Avila, I just got finished watching the fight before we got on the air. And it was a draw, a split, a split draw. A majority, no, it was a draw. Yeah, it was a draw. Split split draw. Split draw. Like one went for one fighter, one went for the other, and the other one was even. Right, right, right. So I, um, that was a great, that was a great, great fight. If you haven't watched the fight with Maureen Shea, those of you who are a little apprehensive about watching women's boxing, that really was a terrific fight. And Maureen Shea was on the show last week. I'd actually like to have her come back to talk about the fight. I'll have to line her up for next week. Great fight, very competitive. I thought she was in control of the early rounds, but she let some of the later rounds get away from her. So, you know, a lot of close rounds. I'm not too devastated with the decision. It could have gone either way, but I'm not exactly unhappy with the draw either. What did you think of the fight? Um, it was definitely a good fight. You know, uh, Shay was the aggressor. Um, she she kind of controlled uh, where the action was happening. Like what up? Like I thought uh, Avila was was kind of boxing better, but at the same time, just she 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 didn't throw anything that really um, kept Shay from coming forward. Like Shay just like walked mm-hmm. through everything she had, and uh, and she seemed to be you know throwing the better power shots. However. Avia's defense was was better, and uh, like if you look at the fighters after the fight, you, you see like she took little damage to the face while while she was pretty marked up. So I even mm-hmm. though I had Shay ahead, um, she she definitely got nicked up more because um, the clean the cleaning work came from Avia. 
Mm-hmm. If you look at, if you go to badculture.net um, and look at the recap or the uh, posting about the fight on badculture.net, we sent our, our newest guy, Kenrick Sanderlin, who was ringside doing photog. And he has a really, really awesome picture that he shot of them uh, in the clinch. And Maureen Shea, actually, I'll probably tweet it. Yeah, Maureen Shea definitely caught some licks. And in a few of those rounds, uh, Avila took some took her assault to the body and she did some good work to the body too. But all in all, very competitive fight. A great, great fight. I I really enjoyed it. I'm a little I'm a bit disappointed I couldn't be in three places at once on Saturday night. But you know, until we start learning learning how to clone ourselves, that's not gonna happen. Uh why don't you uh recap the 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 man men's undercard for us, which was also a title fight if I'm not mistaken. Uh, wait, which which fight? Uh, the there was the Shay the the card the the fight that was right before Maureen oh, and yeah. what was that? Paul Diaz. Yes. Right. Yeah, that was that was a good fight. His opponent, um, really he fought Louis Arceo. Arceo came to fight. Um, you know, Diaz Jr. I think he was like nineteen and old going into the fight. Um, he didn't look great, but he he got the job done. He stopped him in, in the fourth round, um, but like I said, Arcel Ar- like legitimately like showed up to win. He, I know his record is not that great or whatever, but um, he wasn't a guy there, you know, just to collect the check. He, he came to win, and um, you know he tested me. I could. Uh, Diaz is, you know, I think he's in his very early twenties. Um, he's already got like twenty fights now, so he's got he's got time, plenty of time. He's just you know learning on the job. Mhm. So from here, what's next for these young guys? This is kind of, it was kind of like a, a, a strange card for them to be on. Do you think there's a possibility of them to land in a bigger platform? Um, that's something oh, I was reading. Um, let's see. Thanks for all Um I really don't know. I, I would say that don't step him up yet. Like he, he needs to beat that level of opponent. With without struggling, you know, so like give them some more guys that are you know kind of good good gatekeepers or like low level gatekeepers. Um, what what we is that? Is a he fights at lightweight, so lightweight, right? Maybe an Abner Cotto. That mm. even even that might be a stretch, but but yeah, definitely no tougher than that. Boy, Abner Cotto's name has been dropped so many times in the last couple of weeks, if for no real reason, he kept coming up at his brother's press conference. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Abner Cotto, Terry uh, Belmontes. Even though I'm sure Terry Terry. Should be able to score, but you know, for some reason, Jerry just you know loses fights. Well, there it is. There we are. So let's jump into the the main event. Shane Mosley, Ricardo Mayorga. To be honest, I'm surprised it went that long. What did you What did you think of the main event, Mosley versus Mayorga too? The grudge match has now been decided. <laughs> I, you know what? We Shane didn't know look that who bad. is my, my Shane actually looked great. 
You know, he looked pretty spry. He looked better than he did when he was. Uh, what was the fight where he hurt his back? Mundine. Yeah, he he um he he had the old man during the Mundine fight and uh, retired from school. <laughs> it it was so depressing that ending that fight. Like the referee came over, asked him, you know, can you continue? And he didn't say no, but instead he said, you know, my 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 back. He said, I broke my back. back. Like, you know. <laughs> I broke like, my back. But so, so the referee he takes the hint and says, "Well, shit, I I can't, I can't let you continue if uh you know your, your back is out." So he didn't he didn't officially quit, but you know he quit. Yeah, well, he didn't quit this night. He got his uh he got the W as as I fully expected him to. I don't think anyone thought that. Mayorga was in danger of winning this fight at any time, oh. and so look, Shane Shane was mad going into that Mayorga fight. Like he he you you, you could tell a uh, fire had been lit under his ass because he got his ass whooped by Jim Mosley on Twitter like a couple of days before that. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yeah, she yeah. She beat the hell out of him on Twitter. I was like, damn, that that, that shit ain't right. I mean, y'all had kids together. How you going to do this? Right. <laughs> I mean, my God. Jim that, that was domestic violence right there. Somebody should have called the cops. So the WBA need to give her a belt. I mean, because she went hard. Well, she already got him. She remember she took Shane's belt. She already got oh, WBA man. belt. <laughs> I know, but she need, her, she need her own belt. She needs her own belt after that ass whooping. Jesus Christ. I don't know what Jen set Jen off that day. I, you know, granted, I didn't go to all the Mosley Media Week things, but I went to the press conference. There was no mention of her at the press conference. I didn't go to the weigh-in. So unless they were talking greasy about her at the weigh-in, part of her whole thing that got her in her bag was they were talking about her during the promotion. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. She, the woman that called the man of she might as well call him Caitlyn Jenner, the girl homeless. She didn't brought court documents. I mean, it was just a, a a terrible, terrible mess. To say she was in her bag is an understatement. Ay ay ay. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I remember screenshots some stuff in case she decided to delete those tweets later. Those, those tweets were vicious. They were so bad that I was oh, like, yo. If she has any Jesus, she's going to delete this. So, so let me take a screenshot. <laughs> no, she a goon. I don't think she did. I mean, I've seen some vicious shit on Twitter, but that 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 was on a whole nother level. And I've seen a lot of trolling in my five years or so that I've been on Twitter. But mm, mm, mm. I don't know. I don't know. They pissed Jen off. I bet they're going to leave her alone now. Leave Jen alone. Oh, yeah. Here, here you go with the... Man, hard in the paint. That was a hell of a night on Twitter. Hell of a night on Twitter. But anyway, Jen Mosley. Man, speak, is her is her name speak, still Mosley? Does she still use uh, the name? I I I don't think so. But I'm not sure. Shoot, she went so hard. He might have to change her name, his name, and she gets to keep the Mosley name. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised she didn't take that too. Mm-hmm. I'm. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. He should have kept it friendly with her. She could have been a mouthpiece during the fight promotion. Let her and it like Angel Garcia get it up. She talks shit on that level, but probably only because she has venom for him. But that's a whole other thing. 
But anyway, like we said, that you're not supposed to say, um, Adrian Broner, you know, our our favorite boxer. Uh, he had a press conference oh, yeah. And uh, apparently he didn't say anything during the whole press conference except one word because he had a guy, you know, uh, reading a speech for him. Then the guy came mm-hmm. up to, like, you know, part of the speech where he, he didn't want to say it on the mic. So, like, he goes mm-hmm. over to Adrian and like, you know, uh, you know, what you want me to do here? Adrian got up and he just, you know, said the word. <laughs> and the word, of course, was, you know, started with the N, ended with the R, or or an A. I wasn't yeah. there. I'm not, I'm not sure how he pronounced it. <laughs> well, I saw that clip earlier. I could see the the clip moving in the background, but I haven't listened to it. Yeah, Adrian Broner been back in his bag this week too. I saw him getting into it with a uh, with Big Dan on uh, Twitter too. AB just. Apparently, what did he say? He's not going to talk until he wins the fight. Yeah, that sounds that sounds that sounds like a win for all of us. Yeah, I mean, Uh, honestly, sounds like a great idea. Exactly. Exactly. Never talk again until you win another meaningful fight. Let's let's do that, please. That that sounds that doesn't sound like punishment to me because hell, half his interviews ain't shit anyway. You know, when we went to the media roundtable, I think I have the full footage. If you want to see his last media roundtable before he took the L from Sean Porter, he wasn't really talking about anything anyway. So, Adrian Broner, thank you. Thank you for giving us the silence. I appreciate you for it. I think that's wonderful. Thank you and thank you. That's the gift that keeps on giving. So, anyway, thank you, Adrian Broner. I appreciate you for that one. Um, let's see. We've got about... Three, four, under four minutes left in the show. Let's look real quick at the uh, weekend fight plan that's coming up. Uh, we got a LA Fight Club coming up on the fourth. Diego De La Hoya. I mean, hell, I can't even keep these LA Fight Clubs straight because it's the same people like every other week. It's, it's well, either going to be no promotion. You know, they, they lost like fifty percent or, or or more of the people that they have on their contract. So like all they have left are prospects, really. <laughs> But, but this is their farming system. They got to go get some more. Um, they got to go get some more, you know? I mean, they, we've seen... People don't want to sign up with a, a company that's not putting their fighters on TV. Al Heyman took all the TV spots. What? Devil Hood has got these well, guys on, on Australia a, TV. Well, that's better than no TV. I mean, uh, it's either... If it's LA Fight Club, we know it's going to be Diego De La Hoya. It's going to be... Uh, what's this? El Camarón, that kid? Uh, Julian El Camarón. I can't remember his last name. It's going to be Jojo Diaz. Really, Jojo Diaz, I think he's graduated from L.A. Fight Club. He needs, They need to put him on the undercard of, like, this um, fight that's coming up in L.A., um, this Matisse Postal. He, they need to put him on that undercard because Jojo Diaz has proven he was an Olympian. I think he's outgrown L.A. Fight Club. You know, he's the big fish in a very small pond. Put him on a bigger card. But, you know, the rest of these guys and, and the other kid, I think he's graduated from it, too, uh, the white kids, Irish kids. Uh, Qu- Quigley, is that his name? Oh, Jason Quigley. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, we don't need to see him anymore on LA Fight Club. Oh, we're under two minutes. So LA Fight Club on on the fourth, on the fifth, we've got uh, BN Sports Espanol, Daniel Rosas versus John Jimeno. That's uh, and then Annabelle Ortiz versus Sandra Robles, uh, female strawweights. We got that on the fifth, coming from Dresden, Germany. Jurgen Brommer versus Connie Conrad for the uh, WBA regular lightweight title. 
a story came out today. We only have 90 seconds left. A story came out today that he is definitely open to a unification bout against, against either Kovalev or Stevenson. We'll see if that happens. Um, uh, on, on the 6th, Anthony Durrell versus uh, Marco Antonio Rubio, who is always the, the super middleweight designee for all Heyman fighters. We can be assured if it's a super middleweight fight, he's going to get the fight. The rematch, Jamie McDonald versus Tomoki Kameda. And uh, so that's what's happening. Less than a minute well, to go. So that's what's through. happening. He's also fighting on that card. Who is? Becky Kameda. Uh, Tomoki's brother. See, they're three Kameda oh, okay. brothers. They always, they also be world champion at one point, but they're, they don't have titles now. And Daiki hasn't oh. fought since, like, 2013, I think. Let me check. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah. So, hey, it's a family reunion. Yeah, I'll and, uh, Might as well. He, he had more bodies, more bodies for him, more opportunities for checks. So, that's what's happening with the uh, fight action this weekend. I hope you like our 30-minute format show. Or if you don't like our 30-minute formatted show, there is a beautiful donate button on the left side of the badculture.net website. Donate to us so we can go back to our two-hour format. we got bills to pay. But with 10 seconds left, uh, thank you for another installment of The Ruckus. Thank you on behalf of Ryan Bivens, myself, Giandra LaBeouf. Visit badculture.net, Jesse Hart Media Day tomorrow, and we are out.